From Parkway Church in Kurana, this is the Parkway Podcast. Our prayer is that this message blesses and encourages you today as you listen. If you would like to know more information on who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. Well, I want to invite this morning a very special guest to the stage. Uh, We have a very special guest, um, someone who I love dearly. Come on up, baby. I'll come over here and you can take my hand. Are you excited? This is Emmy. Are you excited this morning? Yeah. Can you tell everyone your name? Emmy. What's your full name? Emmalyn Elizabeth Patterson. This is my daughter. And this morning I asked her, well, I didn't ask her this morning. I asked her a few days ago if she would help me this morning with a little bit of an illustration. I said, I need you this morning. And you said you would help me. Yeah. yeah. What, what are you going to help me with? What do you have on your back? A backpack. A backpack. Whose backpack is it? Mine. Yours. Are you excited about your backpack? Yeah. Oh, isn't she so cute? Oh, my goodness. I just need to take a moment. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> who, who got you your backpack? Daddy. Did Daddy get your Who else got you your backpack? Mommy. Yeah, Daddy and Mommy. Can you turn around so everyone can see it? Oh, what is on that backpack? A unicorn. Unicorns. Okay, turn around. Everyone see you. What are you going to be using your backpack for? For school. For school. What, what are you going into? What's, what grade are you going into? Do you know? <laughs> you don't need to whisper that. <laughs> are you excited? Yeah. Oh, and, and what are you going to put in your backpack? And extra clothes in there. So everything you need for school is going to go in your backpack, right? Yeah. Awesome. Can I, can I use your backpack for the rest of the message? Yep. yep, I can have it. And I'll give it back to you when I'm done. Okay, can I have a hug? Okay, you go sit back with mommy, okay? You going to jump? So this is her toolbox for this season of her life. I thought, what a great way to just to get my daughter on the stage. I'm going to use it as an excuse. This is her toolbox for this season of her life. And in the same way that she has, if I can get it to rest there, in the same way that she has a toolbox for your job, whatever it is that you may do, you may have tools in your disposal or skills in your disposal that you need in order to accomplish your job. For some of you, you may work with you know, skill tools and, a, and a machinery, and that helps you to accomplish Your task, for some of you, you might need a a tool belt that you put your stuff in. Maybe you have a a trailer that you need. Some of you, some of us need to know know certain software on a computer, and that's how we accomplish the tasks that we have. We have different tools 
available to us in order to accomplish our jobs. And there's a variety of tools for a variety of tasks. And they're different. You go to a dental office and they have tools that are different than you'll find in a pharmacy. And you go to a construction site and you'll find different tools than you will in a doctor's office. And you go to a mechanic and you'll find different tools that the mechanic will use that you'll find back in the dental office. There's a variety of tools for a variety of tasks. And as it is in life, so it is in God's house. There's a variety of tools available for a variety of tasks. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit empowers the church you, me, us, to fulfill the Great Commission is through various gifts that he gives us. Let me just pause there and take a little side note. The Spirit of God, the Lord, left us with a job to do. There is a mandate on the church. When, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he didn't just say, now just have fun fellowship times together. I'll be back soon. He left us with a task called the Great Commission. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. He has left the church with a task. And in order to accomplish that task, the Holy Spirit has given us gifts to use in order to accomplish that task that is before us. And you as an individual play a part. You know, sometimes in our world, we forget because we are part of our world that the church is not just an organization that we go to. We think it's because there's a building. I'm going to go to that church or I'm going to go to that church. Well, biblically speaking, that's not accurate at all. The church is a body of people, a, a unity of people coming together, a community, a faith community united around Jesus Christ. And you play a part in that. As an individual, you play a part in the community of God a big part, a significant part, in order to accomplish the task that he gave us. And in order to accomplish the task that he gave us as a church, we need each of us to play our part in the church. This is what it means to be part of the family of God. And it's been this way since the beginning of mankind. Adam and Eve were tasked to fill the earth and bring it under control. Noah and his family after the flood were also tasked to populate the earth Moses was given the task to lead Israel out of slavery in Egypt. Joshua was given the job to lead Israel into the promised land and drive out the wicked nations in that land. Israel, the nation, was tasked to be a light to all nations. And we know that they ultimately failed in that task. The judges were given the job to lead Israel out of oppression from their enemies. Samuel and the prophets were given to be the mouthpiece of God, even when that was unfavorable. They were told to speak the words of God, even when it was not popular. David was given the job to be king when Saul couldn't be. Ezra and Nehemiah were tasked to rebuild the temple. Esther was tasked to stand before the king to save her people. Mary was given the job to be the mother of the Messiah. Imagine being tasked with the job to raise the Messiah. Joseph was told to stay with her and take her as his wife. John the Baptist was given the task to make a way for the Lord. Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James the Less, Thaddeus, Simon, and Judas were tasked to follow Jesus and become apostles of Acts. And following that, the Lord, in the same way, is given a task to the church. And the means by which we are to accomplish this task 
is the tools and the skills that he's given to each of us through the Holy Spirit. This is what we call spiritual gifts. Look at somebody and say spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts. I prefer the Greek understanding of these terms. So for those of you who do not know the Bible's original language, the New Testament's original language is mostly Greek. And to better understand a lot of what the text is saying, it's, it's good to actually look into what the meaning of those words mean because sometimes the English translation just isn't good enough or because we are living in 21st century world, we have a lens and an understanding in which we think we know what that word means. But when we look at the original Greek language for the term spiritual gifts, we get a, a greater understanding, I like to say. And I've shared this a number of times. Actually, I feel like every time I share this, you're going to get bored with it, but I'm going to keep sharing it until you understand it. So it comes, the, it comes down to two different terms. The first means manifestations of grace. If you look at some places where you'll see the term gifts or gifts of the Spirit or spiritual gifts, The original word there could mean manifestations of grace. So this is not something that you get based on your merit or something you've done. This is a grace that is given. It doesn't matter how good you are at something, how poor you are at something. This is a grace of God. You did not earn these. God is not looking for you to pass a certain test, get an A, reach a certain percentage and say, okay, here's your gift. You've made it. You've arrived. You've studied hard. You've proved yourself. Here it is. This is a manifestation of grace. This is how God, the Spirit, reveals himself through you. The second term and understanding is a word called pneumaticos, and it basically could be translated to spirituals. Gordon Fee, I think it is, the leading Pentecostal theologian of our day, says, says it or adds to it by saying things the Spirit does, and I love that. So when we see spiritual gifts and Paul talking about spiritual gifts, really the understanding behind that is not a gift that you have that you get to operate in. But this is the way that the the Spirit manifests himself through you. This is things the Spirit does when you're full of the Spirit. So as a church, when we are moving towards gifts of the Spirit or operating gifts in the Spirit, it means that we're just going to see things like these lists happen in our midst. Things like prophecy, words of wisdom, knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues, healings, miracles, administration. It's a spiritual gift. Sometimes we're always looking to the really like sign gifts, right? What we call the sign gifts. And sometimes when we see those in operation, we we clearly know that the spirit is moving. That does not mean that the spirit is moving when we see things like helps and hospitality and administration. There's a variety of gifts for a variety of tasks. Spiritual things, things the Spirit does. These are gifts given in our toolbox as a church through the Spirit. This is what Paul said to the church in Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The Spirit is moving through us for others. Now, Paul is speaking here to the church in Corinth. If you know anything about the Corinthian church, they were a messy church. They didn't always get things right. And Paul here in his first letter to them is is writing at a time when they were filled with sexual immorality. There's lots of division. And so he's writing to correct them. And one of their problems was the balance between how they treated people and their use of the gifts. 
They were, they were wanting to move and operate in, in the gifts of the Spirit, but they weren't, they weren't very unified. They weren't treating people very well. And so he's writing and he's teaching them in, in order to, to bring them into a unified front. And one of the things that he was reminding this church is that like a body, each of them are made of different parts, or the body is made of different parts. And each to each, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. God moves through us for others. When you, when you come, when we come, not just here on a Sunday morning, but probably primarily because this is how we operate. When we gather, two or three are gathered. There he is in their midst. When we gather as a church, we are to use what God has given us to serve others. The manifestation of the Spirit, the things that the Spirit does is given to you for them. For you, for them. Not just for you, period, and stop, so that you can have a party in your room by yourself, prayer time, speaking prophetically to yourself and offering words of wisdom and praying for healing over yourself. The Spirit manifests Himself through you for them. Look around the room. And if you're at home joining us, just, just imagine people around you. Look around. Come on, look around. Actually, look around. It's for them. You are gifted with a gift for others in this space. That's how the Spirit moves. They were a really messy church, and He's reminding them that the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That word manifestation, that's sometimes a word we don't really use today, it means to reveal. It's a revelation of the Spirit. So the Spirit reveals Himself through these gifts. Our thing today is, unlike the Corinthian churches, we're not necessarily divided, and we don't overuse certain gifts. Our problem is that we highlight individuality, and we don't use gifts. We have the opposite problem. I think Paul came and talked to us, he'd be saying the opposite. Hey, there's gifts, there's manifestations for the common good. Because in our world, unfortunately, every aspect of our lives is for the individual, right? You come as a family, you, you sit in a chair, you go, you grab your coffee, you do your thing, then you go. Unfortunately. It's not about the individual. It's about the corporate. If you have received Christ as your Savior and you've been filled with the Spirit, there's no question that He's put tools in your toolbox. You have a backpack, an arsenal of things that He's given you to be used for this season of your life. It may not have unicorns on it. it, may not be as pretty, but He has gifts for you, church. He has gifts for you. So, the questions that we're going to ask over the next couple of weeks is number one, have you discovered those tools? Number two is, are you developing those tools? And number three is, are you deploying those tools? Now, let me tell you why we're talking about this, okay? A couple of reasons. Number one is, it's that time of year that as, as families, you know, we start to prepare for our kids going back to school or maybe grandparents send your kid, grandkids back to school and everyone kind of 
is getting out of the summer routine of vacationing and enjoying the sun, and we all get a little depressed because it's going to go away. Well, I get depressed. The sun's going to go away, and you know, the evenings are getting shorter, and you just feel like you're stuck in, you know, a, you know, I don't like to fall. Fall is not good for me. It reminds me of death and decay. It just reminds me that hell is real. That's what it reminds me of. I like spring. I like life. I, I'm a biblical man. I like life. I like things springing forth, coming to life, not, not, you're like, that looks so pretty. I'm like, you are admiring death right now on a tree. That's what you're admiring, okay? I understand it's nice, but, but we're getting ready in this season to, to, to get back into routines as, as families and, and sending our kids and so on and so forth. And in the same way as a church, we need to get back into routine. You know, we've come out of a long season of just hard, difficult days, last couple years. And unfortunately, is we've kind of got back into that place of just coasting through life. But we need to remember as a church that we are actually called to something bigger. And we have a task to accomplish. In order to accomplish that task, we have gifts to be used. And that means to somebody in this place, you need to dust yourself off the shelf and say that my season's not over. God is not done with you. It's not for the younger people. You know who I'm talking to. Well, I just want the younger people to step up. Absolutely. You are a younger person. Step up. Just because you are young. Paul reminds Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Just because you are young does not mean that you have, don't have anything to offer. But just because you're not young doesn't mean God is done with you. So there's a, there's a group of people that need to re- look in themselves and say, hey, what can I bring to the table? And there's a group of people that need to dust themselves off and say, okay, it's time to get back up into the game. The second thing is because we have a lot of newer faces in our church. Maybe you're new to the church. Over the last couple of years, we'll say, coming out of COVID. And we need to remember who we are and how we identify ourselves as Parkway Church. We want to be a church that follows the will of God for this church, what he has for this church, but also looking at the things that he offers us, and that is gifts by individuals to be used for the common good. So I want to answer the question today, practically, is how do we discover our gifts? Very practically for you, because I think a lot of times we can have these conversations, at least me, growing up, we've had, I've, I've been in thousands of sermons that have talked about spiritual gifts. And sometimes I still kind of go, well, how do, I, how, how do I know what I got? Do I know what I got? Do I got what I got? And so I just want to give you some very practical tools that I hope will help you in understanding how God has shaped you and what he's put in you. You with me? So number one, and this is just a kind of a quick one, is a spiritual gifts assessment. We do this as part of our next steps class. We're going to begin that next steps class in October again. But basically, this is a assessment of 50 to 60 questions. And based on your answers, it kind of correlates your answers to 26 different gifts that the Bible describes. And then it kind of, based on your answers, offers you your top two or three and maybe your, your, you know, your secondary two or three gifts. And it's interesting, actually, to see how accurate those, those lists can be. Um, but if you, if you take those, those, that assessment, you take those top two or three gifts that they may be in there, 
And then you think about what we know about, about spiritual gifts, that these are manifestations of the Spirit. This is how God moves in spiritual things. That's not to say that this is your thing. That's to say that more likely this is how God will move through you. And this, just so you know, a spiritual gifts assessment is not the Holy Spirit. It is not the Bible. It's just a tool that may help you in that process. I would encourage everyone, if you haven't taken one, to take one. You can reach out to us, and we will send you one, or you can join us in Next Steps in October. If you haven't taken one in a while, or maybe you're here and you feel like you need to rediscover what God may have put in you, then I want to encourage you to take one. Very interesting. More specifically, though, number two is where do I sense the joy of Christ? Where do I sense the joy of Christ? When you're functioning in something that the Spirit has called you to and anointed you to do, you will feel a sense, you'll you'll sense God's presence and you'll feel a sense of joy. When you're functioning and operating in what God has anointed you to do, you'll sense his presence and you'll feel joy. There'll be something in you that leaps. So I remember the first time I was ever asked to lead a discipleship group. I was young. I was nervous. I was not prepared in the slightest. I think actually my sister was the leader of the group, and she said to the pastor at the time, "Would you know maybe my brother can watch it for me when I'm gone?" And so he said, "Yeah, maybe he could." And I was really young at this time. I was maybe like 18 years old, 19 years old, leading this young adult group, and it was a study group. And I remember feeling so inadequate. I probably butchered the teaching. Some of you think I still do. (laughs) But I remember I felt a sense of joy. I brought cookies because I figured, you know what? If I don't teach you anything, at least I can fill you with some goodies. I don't have any cookies this morning. But I felt a sense of joy. I went on a missions trip to Monterey, Mexico when I was 15 years old. Uh, this was my first missions trip, I think it was. My first missions trip. And we did street ministry. We put on kids' programs literally in the street. I was the clown. I'd dress up as a clown, and I'd you know, try to break dance with the, the, the worm that I half knew how to do when I was a kid. And then we'd go and do door-to-door ministry, um, which was really nerve-wracking because you don't know the language, and you're going to, to, to pray over people that you don't know and offer Christ. But I remember feeling a sense of joy in that trip. Where do you feel a sense of joy? When you function in something in ministry, a task, a role, where do you sense joy? What area of ministry? Maybe for you, it's kids' ministry. Maybe for you, it's, it's, it's helping. It's just kind of serving others. Maybe it's administration. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's talking to a non-Christian about Jesus. You just relish the opportunity Whether or not you're good at these things or not, you just feel joy. Take a step back and ask yourself, where do I I sense the joy of Christ when I serve? Number three is, where have others seen effectiveness and commented on it? Someone, Someone sees you function in something whether it's a friend, a, a, you know, a ministry partner, people you've served with, someone who's over you. Maybe it's something that you gave leadership to. Maybe it's something that you, you volunteered in. Someone you prayed for, they were impacted. But someone commented, someone commented on your effectiveness in that role. They say, man, I think you got a gift there. You're, you seem to be finding your niche 
You're really good at this thing. And it's not just something that's maybe been said once or twice, but there seems to be a pattern developing as people comment on your effectiveness in these areas. That missions trip to Mexico, I remember just as this morning as I was reflecting over this message, I kind of go take some time and I go through some things again just to make sure it's in me a little bit as it, before I come. And I was thinking back to that trip. I was thinking back going door to door at 15 years old. And there was a group of four of us and they'd sent us out in groups of four. There's two adults and two students. And I remember that my group would comment to me on my effectiveness going door to door. Now, I did not feel that way at all. You got this little book that you're trying to speak Spanish through and share the gospel through. It was, it was terrible. But I remember that they would put me, you know, we'd get to that house that might be a little difficult and they'd throw me into the water. They'd call, you do it, you do it. You're, you seem to be good at this. Where have people commented on your effectiveness in a role or function? And for me, the times that someone has said something as I functioned in a role, it confirmed things for me. It confirmed things for me that God had already put in my heart. At, at later times, that seed, and someone, someone said something to me, maybe it meant nothing at the time, but as I started to function or I hear more of that or I feel God leading me to do something, I remember back and it confirmed something in me. I remember when I was in Bible college, my mom came to me and said, you know, I remember when you were young, really young, like seven, eight years old, people would come alongside in the church and say, I can see Call speaking and being a pastor one day. And I remember looking back at my life being like, what did they see that? Like, how? But at the time, as I, as I was following God's call on my life to do what I'm doing now today, I remember hearing my mom share that, that she heard decades before confirmed something in me. Where have others commented on your effectiveness? And listen, be someone that sees someone functioning in a role and comment on it. Be the vessel, be the, be the voice, be the mouthpiece for God in that moment to just maybe aid someone and comment on their effectiveness in ministry. You see someone just, just seems to be a natural in an area. Just say, hey, you're natural or you're good at this. Or I just, I, just, I just see this on you. And just so you know, if that's true, and you're not just blowing smoke. Don't just blow smoke, right? Like just don't, don't make things up. <laughs> But when you actually see something and you're like, yeah, it's true. I do see Krista has an ability to, to lead worship and not just singing songs, but to lead worship. I see that on you. When, when I did that there, that's prophetic. I didn't have to sit in prayer and hear the voice of God. I just, I can look through the spirit in me. I can see something on someone's life and call it, call it out. Where do you see someone being effective in ministry. Encourage them. Encouragement goes so much further than criticism. Like, I know that sometimes we have to offer those things, but encouragement goes a long way. Number four is what are you burdened for? What weighs heavy in your heart? And this is not something that maybe you grieve over, but, but nobody has to ask you or you don't need to be led by anybody else to like pray for this thing. It's unique to you. You, just, you, have, a, you have a burden for it. It pops up on, online, you know, someone mentions it and it just it wrecks your heart and you feel led to pray. And maybe someone else doesn't share that burden. You try to share it with somebody else and they're like, okay, well, yeah. 
But you're just like, no, I, you got a sense that you need to do something about this. What makes your heart ache? You know, sometimes in this kind of category, we'll use, use the word passion. What are you passionate about? But passion, sometimes we correlate to excitement. And this might not be an area that excites you, but you just feel like, I got to do something. There's a burden. There's a weight to it in you, a spiritual fervor. Moses in the Old Testament, he discovered the burden of God's calling on his life when he killed an Egyptian who he found beating a Hebrew, his fellow Hebrew. He felt something in him stir that he needed to stop this. He needed to do something about this. The next day, two Hebrews were arguing and he went in and tried to mediate for them. And they said to him, if you remember the story, who made you ruler and judge over us? Unbeknownst to all of them, God was actually going to call and equip Moses to be a ruler and judge over the Hebrew people. God had put a burden on him even before he knew what God was going to use him for. Where are you burdened? Because more often than not, the areas that you're burdened for, you feel a weight for, you have a heart towards, is an area or a place that God wants to use you in. God put a burden in Moses to lead the people before he was leading the people. You know, many times God puts a seed in us early on before it comes to fruition, and our, our natural desire is to do something about it. Like Moses, we attempt to do something about it before it's time, before we're prepared, and then we fail like Moses. We fail like Moses, right? Moses ends up leaving and fleeing. But the burden's there. God just needs to do some preparation in us first. David, King David, David and Goliath, David, you know David. Before he was king, he served the king. First, or as a warrior, he would fight for the king, fight battles for the king. And before that, he would play the harp for the king. When the king got a little anxious and tormented, David would come and play his harp and it would soothe him. When David was anointed to be king at 17 years old, he didn't step right into the role. It says, after Samuel the prophet came and anointed him to be king, David actually went back to the fields to shepherd sheep. There was something on him. There was a seed in his life, a calling there, but God needed to do some preparation in him before he could bring that to fruition. Sometimes we have a burden for something, but it's not our time yet. We need to let that seed germinate, put down some roots, and God do some preparation in us. And that's a really hard season. If you really feel God calling you towards something, it's really hard to wait. I remember that in ministry. I remember when God put it on me to do this. I remember that, and waiting and waiting. And then I finished Bible college and waiting, trying to find the opportunity. And I remember interviewing at different places and it just not working out. And I remember sitting down with my mentor. He goes, are you interviewing like really bad? Like, are you just terrible? Well, I don't know. And then I ended up doing this, this kind of off-the-wall thing with this nonprofit organization. But God did some work in me there that really refined my calling that I wouldn't have got if I landed a role that I wanted ahead of time. I remember doing that thing. I was in high school, I was doing motivational presentations on purpose and value, but we couldn't talk about Jesus. We could talk about all the things that come through relationship with Christ, but we couldn't talk about Jesus 
and it ached me. First, I thought, this is really cool. I'm right in high schools. I'm like literally in high schools, and they're giving me a thousand kids to talk to right now in front of me. But I couldn't talk about Christ. And I respected their, their policies and their understanding. I could if afterwards a, a kid would come up to me and be like, well, what was it for you? And I'm like, bam, here we go. I can say it there. But it refines something in me. I can't do this kind of thing without actually talking about Jesus. Sometimes we're trying to get to the thing that God wants to do in us before he's actually ready. But is there a burden? What are you burdened for? What aches inside of you? Number five is what has been prophesied over you? We're talking about gifts of the Spirit. One of those gifts of the Spirit is prophecy. We believe in this church in prophecy and its function in this church. And one of the ways that prophecy is used in the New Testament is to identify and to impart spiritual gifts through speaking prophetically and laying your hands on somebody through prayer. You see Paul to young Timothy strongly encourages Timothy to fan into flame the gift that was given to him in this way. It says this, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So at some point in Paul's ministry, Timothy was along with him. He laid hands on him. God gave a word to Paul. He spoke it over Timothy as he prayed for him. And it did something in Timothy. It planted a seed. It, it was a creative word. And Timothy carried that for the rest of his ministry. And Paul here is reminding him, times later, fan that into flame. Somebody this morning, Ruby, shared a word quickly just as we were praying at pre-service prayer. We were talking about what we're going to be doing today and sharing today. And she brought this scripture and, some, and it was great. I'm going to use it. It was a good word. I'm going to quote the Holy Spirit. Spirit spoke to her, and now I'm quoting that Holy Spirit. That fanning into flame, sometimes we, we think we got to work out the gift. we got to develop the gift. And we're going to talk about developing the gift next week. But fanning to the, in, into flame is just being obedient to the Lord, what he's given you. You feel, you, you know, we're going to have some time of prayer afterwards, and people are going to come forward, and we're just going to pray and you just maybe put your hand on somebody, you feel something in you, you just speak it out. And listen, once you've shared that, you're done. You've been obedient. You walk away. It's on them whether or not they receive or do anything with it. And I have, if you're on the receptive end, I'll just take another sidebar here for a second. Sometimes God will speak to you through somebody else and it'll be on point. And you'll be like, <laughs> Yes. Sometimes some will come with a word and it just does not hit at all. And it is not on you as the person that's standing there receiving that to go, oh, I need to receive that in Jesus' name. Just tuck it in your pocket. Tuck it in your pocket. And, and if it comes to fruition later on, hey, God bless you. If it doesn't, it's okay. It's no big deal. Thank you for that. I've heard some really spot on stuff in my life. I've heard some really kooky stuff being spoken over me in my life. Like, I'm not going to talk about them on, in the microphone. But just be like, okay, great. I received that. But be obedient. And the more you are obedient, the more you fan into flame the gift. The more you begin to recognize the gift. And that's just not prophecy. It's all gifts. But what has been prophesied over you Someone has come to you and said something. They say, I see this in you. I see this in you. I, 
just got a word from God and I feel like I got a picture in my mind and this is the, the vision of you doing this. What has somebody spoken over you? I'm gonna invite the worship team to come and give you number six. What do you believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you personally about this? What do you believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you personally about this? This is a little bit more subjective, right? Because it's personal. What are the nudges? What are the whispers? What are the, the pictures, the visions, the promptings in your heart? Because if you've, listen, church, if you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've, you've said, you know what? I, I now step into following Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I've confessed my sin. I receive forgiveness. You've stepped into that. The Holy Spirit is in you, so he's going to speak to you. He's going to nudge you. He's going to prompt you. And you know what? Sometimes, for a lot of us, the voice of God isn't very clear. We, we don't hear him very clearly, like audibly. It's not as clear as me talking to you today. But that's why we need to listen to those nudges and those promptings and those little kind of inclinations in your heart. The little things that say, I, gotta, I feel like God is, you got to listen to that because that's the spirit of God speaking. And the more you listen to that, the clearer his voice gets. It's true. What has somebody spoken, or sorry, what has the spirit spoken to you as an individual? This is paramount and fact. All the other stuff are confirmation tools for this. Spirit speaks. What do you believe he said to you in moments of deep, quiet prayer? Maybe in a worship service. What have you felt him nudging you towards? Maybe as we come for prayer, what do you feel in your heart? What does he put on you? Now here's where the discovery really happens. Where do all of the answers to these questions intersect? What's the convergent point? Because most likely that area is where you're gifted. That area is where the spirit is going to move through you. You may have like, you, you know, you go through this. This is just a toolbox, right? This is, not, this is not the word of God, these questions. But as I go through this list, I may have, oh yeah, someone said this over here. You know, someone said to me, hey, you're really, really amazing at laying flooring. And I'm like, hey, great not. Okay, I'm not. And, but the rest of them don't line up with that. Then you just kind of go, thank you. Appreciate the encouragement. But if you start to see a pattern, you see someone, you know, you took a spiritual gift test and it says this, and someone's commented this, and you got a burden for this, and it kind of just, it intersects, it lines up. Hey, maybe God has something for me here. How do I discover the gifts that God has given me? How do I discover how he's going to move through me? Well, what are you burdened for? Where do you see the joy of Christ? What have others commented on? What has been prophesied over your life? What do you feel like he's saying to you? Most likely, that's what God has put in your toolbox. And the next step, we'll talk about this as we go on, the next step is to start moving in that. And often, when you begin to move in something, it might just be for a season. That will lead you to something else. I've been on paths before where in order for me to get here, I needed to make sure I was on this path. So God put all these kinds of things. For instance, church planning. We were planning on planning a church. 
We felt God nudging us towards the next step for us, and we were sold out that it was church planning. I had a no, no doubt in my mind that God was calling us to plant a church. I, if, if you would have, two years before we came here, when we start feel, feeling that nudge, if you would have said, hey, you're going to go to Parkway Church in Corona, I'd have been like, no way, Jose. Not for me. That's not what God's calling me to do. God had to set us on the path of church planning so we would get to the point where we had everything set up except location so that when Parkway Church came looking for us, we got a call, it was on my radar. All of a sudden we're looking at it because he set us on this path. Sometimes you got to start walking in, in, in the gift. You see all these convergent points. You're going to start walking in that gift just so God can get your attention to look over here. He just wants to get you to serve. So, he, yeah, I really feel like God wants me to help. I just, every, everyone's saying I'm really good when I help. Now you're on the, you're on the path of helping. He's like, thank goodness, because I actually want to prophesy through you. But you would have never thought you were capable of prophecy until you started serving. What's the intersection points? I want to ask you to stand with me. I'm going to read this next scripture again. And I really want you to be here today. I want you to open your heart and your mind to the Lord this morning. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. This is just one portion of many scriptures that speak about gifts. Now to each one. That's you. That's you. To each one. Okay, no one in this room and no one listening right now is excluded if you believe in Jesus and been filled with the Spirit. If you were a part of the family of God, maybe you're a guest here, you're watching online and you're, you're, you're do not identify as a follower of Jesus. But if you're here today and you're like, I'm a follower of Christ, you are not excluded from this. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now listen to this, verse 11. All these things are work of one and the same spirit. It is one spirit moving through everybody individually for the body. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. God did not get it mixed up. You're like, well, I'm not like the worship team. I'm not like Pastor Call. Great! Because we don't need more of me. We need you to be you. I remember I was, I was at a conference once. Thousands of students go to this conference and they bring in these guest speakers and they're like well-known guest speakers. And I was the guy who would help the guest speaker. I think I've shared this story before. I would like, literally when he'd go to speak, I'd bring out his podium for him. That was my job. He wanted McDonald's late at night. I'd go take him to get McDonald's late at night. I would drive him everywhere. That was my job. And before he went on the stage to speak, he said, call, can you pray for me? I said, oh, okay, I'll pray for you. I want you to pray for me. Like, you give me what you got. So I said, sure, I pray for him, and I pray for him. And then you know what he said to me afterwards? He didn't say, thanks, great, let's go do this. He said, do you know what, call, sometimes I look around at these other guest speakers, and he starts to name a few that have kind of been in the speaking rotation. 
And he says, why can't I be like that guy? And why can't I be like that guy? And why can't I be like that guy? And interestingly enough, this guest speaker was actually pretty different than the rest. Like how he spoke, how he delivered was just very different. He says, I wish I could be like that guy. And he's like, you know what God said to me? I'll never forget this church. It just, it stuck in me that day. He said, do you know what God said to me? His name is Bob. He said, Bob, I don't need another Rich. I don't need another Chad. And I don't need another Brian. I don't need any of that. I want you. I want Bob. And I gifted Bob. And I made Bob this way for a reason. Can I just tell you this morning that whatever God gave you, he distributed to you on purpose? It's not an accident. He didn't mix it up. He didn't, it didn't cross, you know, oh, we got mixed in the mail there. That got, that's not for you. You know, that was for somebody. Can I just take that back? He distributes to each one just as he determines. So in the grand scheme of God's mind, as he looked at Parkway Church and he knew that who would be here shaping this church, he put you here for a reason, with a gift for a reason. He determined that. Not me, him. So what's yours? Because you have something to offer. You have something to offer. So here's what I want to do. Purposely, we set aside a couple songs to worship a little bit after. I know you're still in the mode. You're like, oh, the time's coming to an end. It's not. I'm going to let you know practically, we're going to sing two songs at least. And I just want us to really, as people of God, to press into this. Elsewhere in scripture, it says to earnestly desire the greater gifts. Can I just say to somebody, just earnestly desire gifts. So I'm, the team's going to lead us a couple of songs. We're going to, I'm going to invite you to come. If you're like, I want to discover the gifts that God has for me. I want to rediscover the gifts that God has for me. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I just want God. <laughs> I want to invite you to come and just press in. And here's what I don't want you to do. This is not a factory processing line. This is not, you come to the front, someone's going to lay their hand on you, and then you're good to go. You know, it's not like a processing line. This is not what this is. This is just a come, worship, receive from God, open your heart, let him speak to you. Someone may come behind you and just lay a hand on you and pray for you. And if they sense God speaking to them, they may speak that over you. You know, they may come along, and I'm being very practical because I feel like you got to understand what we're going to do, okay? They may come alongside you, you're praying, and they may just lay a hand on you, and they may sense something in their heart God put in there, maybe a prophetic word, and, and they may say, hey, I just feel like I see this. That's what, and that doesn't mean good, I got it, I can go. Keep worshiping, keep pressing in, keep seeking. We had a word spoken to the church uh, last week, but too often we're quick to leave, we're quick to, to, to not just soak in the rain, to soak in what God has for us, and this is the opportunity. You, you with me, do you understand? So if you're here today, you're like, I, I want to know, I want to I be like Timothy. I want to receive the gift that's, that God has. I want the spirit to move through me. I want you to come find a spot. Maybe you're here like, I want to rediscover what God has for me. I need, a, I need to relight something in me. I need, I need to know. I just need confirmation. Then come. Maybe you're here like, I just want the spirit to move through me. I just want to be a vessel for the spirit of God. Then come. 
And if you're the first one, come closer so we can make more room. Now, why do we come? I'll say this all the time. Not because this is special. You can do this right there. But something happens. I see it all the time. Something happens inwardly in our spirit being when we do something outwardly. When we step out of our comfort zones. So when you step out, you come forward. It's just about, okay, I'm getting out of my comfort zone. Lord, I'm showing you. It's like fasting. You're doing something uncomfortable for a spiritual purpose. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. I come forward. I just want more of you. One more. God, what do you have for me? And just begin to worship. And I'll tell you this, the more you chase the giver of the gifts, the more you'll see you yourself operate in the gifts. Don't chase the gift necessarily, chase the giver. Receive the Holy Spirit. So I want to invite you to bow your heads. Just begin to come. Father God, we just invite you, Lord, right as we begin to worship, to just speak to us, God, to speak clearly to us. And I ask God, as we come, as we worship, Lord, that you be glorified, you be honored, and you just begin to do a mighty work. Speak to people, God, and, and impart gifts, I pray in Jesus' name. Reveal purpose, God. In Jesus' name, I ask. In Jesus' name. Come on, the team's going to lead us. Come forward. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message brought you closer with Jesus and gave you a better understanding of your walk with him today. If you would like to know more about who we are as a church, you can visit our website, weareparkway.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at parkway.church.